You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. S&P 500 started falling on Thursday. It continued its fall on Friday, not in a particularly meaningful manner, but on Monday, after people worried about what happened on Thursday and Friday, on Monday, it was significant because the S&P fell around about uh, 90 points and the Dow Jones over 750 points. On the telephone now to contextualise all this is Lee Adler from the Wall Street Examiner. Lee Adler, it was, is it a precursor to something or is it just a moment in time? You know what they say, Lindsay, the third time's the charm. And uh, <laughs> this is, the, you know, this is the third break that we've had in 18 months. Uh, you know, we had the uh, February 2018 and then last October, November. So this one just getting started, but it's starting similarly to the way those last two breaks started. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, well, is this just another false alarm or were these the warning shots across the bow? Well, exactly what I've been speculating and I'm repeating myself. So (laughs) if you've already heard this, then I do apologize. But it's like the volcanic eruption. It starts with a few plumes of smoke and a couple of rocks and ashes coming here and there and we saw that in february and it was a facebook story and then we saw october and then december when the s&p fell by 9.7 percent and now we're seeing this again this is the third one is there going to be a massive bearish eruption yeah well you know wall street's uh, out is putting its message out there if you remember the movie animal house where the one character the chaos was raining all around and he was yelling Remain calm. All is well. And, uh, you know, that's the Wall Street message. And that's what they're telling investors. You know, nothing's going on here. It's nothing unusual. Uh, You know, that's the way they present these things. And they were right the last two times, but I don't think they're right this time. So when you say that you don't think they're right this time, it's not going to be fine this time. The animal story is going to be debunked. Uh, I well, the, the chaos was reigning. The reality was that things were falling apart, and um, yeah, I, I think this is the time. The, the indicators, the long-term indicators, are lined up. The liquidity picture is lined up. Um, you know, the rest of the world, uh, the uh, the European stock markets, the emerging mar- emerging markets, all topped out in the early part of 2018 and have never been back there. I mean, they're in bear markets. Yeah. So only the U.S. is going on its merry way, you know, the insanity here. You know, I was thinking last night that, in a way, this is very reminiscent historically to 1929-32, when, of course, the uh, U.S. stock market began to break in October of 1929. Of course, that was much more dramatic Mm. than what's likely here. They didn't have the the stopgap protections that... This market has from the uh, the Fed and the, the U.S. Uh, plunge protection team, so-called. But look at the political backdrop. That was the beginning of the rise of Nazism in Europe and uh, and the the, uh, the the national socialism. And here we have what's going on in the U.S. with Trumpism. Oh, wait and- a second. Are you sort of linking what's going on in the stock market with uh, political history? Yeah, Mr. Trump, I mean, let me put my cards on the table now. I think Trump is a racist, a misogynist, a sexist, um, and 
uh, white nationalist. Oh, yeah, a dictator. He's almost like he's akin to Mussolini. So what you're saying is that there are parallels between historic stock market crashes and national socialism and what's happening with Trump today. Yes. Yes. I mean, I I mean, the thought the thought came into my head that there's a lot of similarities uh, between what's going on in the world and trade protectionism, too. Uh, that's another that's another thread that was running through that era. And the, the Nazis were on the rise from the 1929 until they finally took control of Germany in 1933. Right. So maybe we're maybe we're at the beginning of a similar period where the world faces great uh, political crisis and great economic crisis and financial crisis all rolled into one. And uh, not a happy time. The difference is, of course, that uh, Mussolini and Hitler were uh, preaching to people that were economically downtrodden, whereas the Americans are not because, uh, well, you're an American. There's a 3.7% unemployment rate, which is essentially full employment. So they're not preaching to the downtrodden economic masses, if you see what I mean. Well, there's a lot of economic discontent in the U.S. I mean, you can look at the top line economic data, and it looks great. But uh, underneath that top line, uh, we have to recognize that the the totals and the averages are heavily skewed by the most successful participants in the economy. Uh, their tremendous earnings and consumption is what keeps this engine going. But you have the people at the median who uh, the median household income of fifty six, fifty eight thousand dollars a year for a family of uh, three or four, uh, that doesn't go a long way. There's a lot of economic stress, uh, the cost of education, the cost of health care, uh, the potential for economic ruin if you get sick and you don't have enough insurance. All these problems in the United States that the rest of the world doesn't have are are festering beneath those top line economic numbers that look so good on the surface. Uh, I I take the, um, for example, the retail sales data, and I strip out the inflation component, the population growth component, and I look at real retail sales per capita, and they are running below what they were in 2007, for example, even 2006, 2005. Uh, the vast majority of people have not gotten back to where they were uh, t- 12 years ago. So tremendous numbers of Americans are struggling, and this has contributed to the, the rise of Trumpism. And even though it's a minority, maybe 30 percent of the population, the Nazis took control of Germany with far less support than uh, the Republicans and, and Trump have today. So, so you're saying it's is a very head- dangerous situation. So what you're saying is the headlines are just a manifestation of a superficiality. In other words, we're seeing you know, 3.7% unemployment rate, 164,000 new jobs outside of the agricultural sector created last month in the United States. But really, middle America is not doing as well as the Trumpists would have us believe. Exactly. And, and 164,000 new jobs is, is pretty middling at best. It's not a indicative of a really strong uh, jobs growth picture. Um, so it, it, it all sounds good, but three or four years ago, we had much faster jobs growth. So it is slowing down. The momentum Under is Obama. slowing. Yeah. Um, the, the momentum is slowing down quite a bit. And uh, the, the people that are getting hurt are those 
say, below the top 10%. It's getting very, very tough to get by. And there's a lot more inflation here than the official data shows as well. Okay, we've had a ten, we're into the 10.5-year bull market on equities. You remember when the S&P was 666? It's now 2,850. It was 3,030 just five days ago. Five days ago, yeah. Five days ago, it was 3,030. It's fallen down, and it's, it's rallied back. And in fact, the futures market this morning saw a print of 2777, uh, which was uh, quite startling. Obviously, it's bounced back now, and as we speak, it's up 25 points. But what do you think? I think the charts have been destroyed. You're cleverer than I am. What do you think? Yeah, this is a serious break. And uh, I've, I pointed out to you in, in a couple of uh, previous chats that there was this uh, trend line above connecting the tops going back a few years that created a megaphone pattern on the S&P 500 mm. with uh, higher highs and lower lows. And the market was literally stopped dead right on exactly on that trend line. They tried several times to push through and failed. And I also warned that when the uh, debt ceiling deal was done, that's going to be when the shit hits the fan. And that's exactly what happened. The debt ceiling deal is done. It's just waiting for Trump's signature now. It's been passed in the House and Senate. And we're going to, the market's going to get hit with a deluge of new Treasury supply, new bonds and, and bills from the U.S. Treasury. It's going to suck cash out of the market. And I think that this break uh, wasn't, Co- coincidental with that. It, the, you know, I was looking for a reason, but big insiders that are in the know are looking to raise cash to absorb these uh, this this treasury supply that's coming. And and then we have the suicidal buying that's going on in the bond market where everybody is piling into treasuries now, the, uh, the risk off trade. And that's going to end badly too, because there won't be enough liquidity around to support an ongoing bullish trend in bonds as this new supply begins to hit the market in the next week or two. And that's not it's not just going to be for a week or two. It's going to be for months and years. The bond market is suicidal. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, if there's suicide in the bond market, then, of course, uh, the death after the suicide will occur in the equity market. Well, the, uh, here, here's the thing. The only way they can raise the cash to buy those bonds is to sell stocks. So we've seen we've seen a point for point rally in the bond market as stocks have melted down because stocks are are the the source of the liquidity for the bond market rally. So this is a very bad combination for stock investors. And my point is that when it turns, well, yeah, stocks might rally a little bit when they start start selling bonds again. But in the end, they're both going to be in a bear market, in my opinion. And of course, the gold price has been telling us this for maybe three right. months now. Fourteen seventy-one is the gold price at the moment. It was, uh, what was it, thirteen? It's about a hundred dollars less than this uh, three weeks ago. The gold price is telling us something, and you've been very, very right on gold. Yeah, gold's been even stronger than I anticipated it would be. I thought it would at least consolidate, you know, in the mid thirteen hundred range, and it hasn't even bothered to do that. They're buying gold pretty uh, aggressively. Um, and and now that breakout pattern, that six-year base pattern that we talked about just about a month ago, not quite a month ago when I last spoke to you, mm. the uh, we talked about that amazing six-year base and that gold would need to clear 1435 to be free of that base. Well, it has done that. Yes. And, and the price implication, the measuring implication of that is 1800 
Now, uh, you know, I don't no, wait think a that's second. You're, you're saying that gold's going to 1800. Is that your call? Well, uh, no, well, I'm just saying that that's the conventional measured move objective. And yeah, I think it'll get there and probably then it's some more than that. I don't know that Did it's going to happen. Did you just say conventional measured move objective? In other words, your yes. target. Why didn't you just say target? Well, right. But it's not just mine. I mean, any technician looking at that would come up with the same answer. I mean, this is the, this is basic uh, Edwards and McGee stuff where you measure from the, the bottom of the move to the neckline. And that's the distance that the, the move is supposed to extend above the neckline, which the neckline being the, the resistance level uh, prior to the breakout, which was 1435. Right. And the distance you just add the distance from there down to the low. You add that on and that, that's your target at the top. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, the charts, there, there's not that much resistance between here and there. And, and the last high, which was, what, around 1900. So if it's going uh, think, there, if it's going to 1800 uh, from its current level of 1470, then that tells us that something else is going on. So, I mean, I'm a, simp I'm a simpleton. You buy gold and you sell the stock market, and I don't know what you do with bonds. I'll leave those alone. But I'll just have two things in my fictitious hedge fund, Lindsay Williams hedge fund, and it's, as I say, buy gold and sell the stock market. And it doesn't matter what stock market it is. You just sell it. Is that, well, yeah. is, is that too stupid? No, I think that's, the, you know, it is. It's very simple, and I think it's that's the correct view. Um, I think that, look, most wealthy people are huge bond investors, Right. And if they if they've held their bonds, I, I've been wrong about bonds. I didn't see this this move coming. But um, and I would say continue to hold them until there's a clear technical uh, reversal signal, because the the, uh, the obvious target on the 10 year yield for the U.S. Treasury, uh, U.S. Treasury 10 year note is one and a half that area. So there's still a little more uh, upside in price potential. And and you can hold those until. We get that clear technical sign of reversal. Now, since the treasuries are a liquid market, you can get out of those quickly. But if you have or you're holding less liquid corporates or other types of uh, of fixed income securities, then this would be a good opportunity to to take your profits, go to cash, and you know look for opportunities elsewhere. Whether it's shorting the stock market or buying gold or something of that nature. Is this the real thing now? I mean, is this what we've been waiting for for 10 and a half years, do you think, when it comes to the equity market? I think the only thing that's going to turn this market is going to be a return to QE. I mean, we're just getting started here. The uh, we're, we're due for a bounce. They're going to defend 2,800, obviously. They did it last night. Once they got under 2,800, the heavy buying came in. So they're going to defend 2,800 on the S&P. Um, there'll be some backing and filling in the uh, – you know, in, in the short run, I have a target of about um, uh, 2750 on the S&P, and then we get a bounce. But ultimately, I think this is just the beginning that we're going much lower and that we're finally going to begin that bear market that I've been expecting since the end of 2017. Lieta, how do we get in contact with you? My proprietary work is available at liquiditytrader.com, and you can find all the information about the various services that I have available for traders and investors. And I write free articles a few times a week at wallstreetexaminer.com. Lee Adler from Wall Street Examiner and Liquidity Trader. Thanks so much for your insight. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. 
visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.